0: eyes peeled everyone it's time for the full 10 yards college football podcast
1: hello and welcome to the full 10 yards college football podcast we're back after running through the first round of our positional uh, player profiles that we did for a bit of an insight into our scouting guide, which is coming up uh, very, very shortly. Actually, put in the finishing touches that week, we're all very, very excited to get that out to you guys. So eyes well and truly appealed for that. Um, as I mentioned last week, we have a new member of the team who's going to be joining us ever so ever so shortly. Um, however, there's a bit of a change of plan. I mentioned last week at the end of the podcast that we're gonna do a mock draft um, this week, but due to the Carson Wentz trade. Absolutely in our draft up right in the middle of it, just as we are coming to the end. We've managed to kind of scrap that for a week. Um, we will be bringing that to you next week uh, when we're going to have two rounds with trades um, and hopefully no more big trades, no more Deshaun Watson trade talks. Hopefully we'll go down this week and we can actually get into it. Um, but yeah, joined by Rob, Kieran, Liam, Andy and uh, a new player that we've got on our team called Raj. Raj, nice to meet you. Bring you in nice and early. How's everything going?
2: Yeah, well, good. Thanks. Great to be part of the team. Looking forward to it. Obviously, the uh, draft season is like Christmas, isn't it? So it's uh, uh, it's exciting times, and uh, great to be part of the team. And looking to contribute as much as I can, with no bias, obviously towards my favorite team, which um, you may find out who that is. But um, but yeah, looking forward to uh, looking forward to everything associated with draft and college football.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Great to have you as well. Um, I'm going to start with a bit of an icebreaker for you. Just a few questions, just to kind of get a bit of a feel, let the listeners kind of hear your voice, get to know who you are, things like that. Tell us a bit about where it started for you and football, Raj. How, how long have you been watching
2: the sport and things like that? So it started for me in 2012, um, holiday in Miami. Um, so thought, right, what's, what's there to do? And then uh, obviously the Dolphins is always sold out, so never a ticket available. Actually, it's, it's probably half empty for most of the time. So uh, um, it was uh, Tannehill's first season as a Dolphin. Uh, so it was Dolphins versus Reds. Um, and just instantly fell in love with the sport. Um, and, and such is my nature. Once once I once I love a sport, then it's sort of try and learn as much as I can, get into it. And then um, it's just really gone from there, really into a healthy obsession, I like to call it now, where Sundays and Saturdays are... are um, jam-packed full of uh, great football so um yeah that's where it started and um yeah it, it just continued from there year after year learning more and and getting sort of an idea of how the NFL and the college game is changing um it's um it's really exciting
1: hmm. yeah absolutely yeah I think we've all kind of been there we kind of just get hooked as soon as we kind of see football and it becomes really like you say a healthy obsession I like the way you phrase that there how about the other half does she agree that it's a healthy obsession
2: well, I'm quite lucky because my other half is actually American, um, so she's she's from Los Angeles. So she's trying to persuade me to be a Rams fan or a Chargers fan. But um, but yeah, it's quite lucky that uh, my, other, my other half and all of her family are are American. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, that's my sort of trump card that I can use. That um, come on, you watch it as your your national sport. So. Uh, <laughs> It's um handy.
1: Kind of a nice trump card to have there. So what, what made you a dolphins fan? Was it just literally this holiday kind of first team that you saw, or was there anything else that kind of attracted you to being a dolphins fan?
2: Well the first team I actually saw was um the Bucks in a preseason game, but I was I was too young. Um, so uh obviously looking looking at this year I'm sort of wouldn't have been bad to be a Bucks fan, <laughs> but um but no, it was just uh, first game saw the Dolphins, um and then from there, it's just uh, really grown into it. And um, obviously thinking Tannehill was the next Marino and Dion Jordan was the next Cameron Wake and all those kind of things. And yeah, no, it's just um, it just grown from there really. So uh, yeah, love the Dolphins. Every time they're in the UK, have to go and see them. Been to Miami a couple of times, went on my uh, stag to Miami. So um, nice. obviously I've got, I think I've got an obsession with Miami um, but who who wouldn't want to go down to South Beach and get some sun? So all good. Um, and and yeah, it just it's really grown from there. And obviously now now it's sort of turning around. What seems to be with Coach Flores, and uh, it looks like there might actually be some um, exciting times ahead, which is yeah, long definitely. overdue.
1: Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that. With you and Andy now, obviously Dolphins contingent might actually overtake the bias that we see towards LSU. That might become the main team that we kind of mentioned on the podcast. Lastly then, before I stop grilling you, and we can get into talking about some players and uh, things like that, what can the listeners and readers expect from you uh, to hear from you at the full 10 yards when you're doing a podcast or when you're doing an article for us?
2: So I like to research in terms of how the NFL is looking at the minute and what the NFL is looking at in terms of sort of, we know from offence now we're looking at sort of a new type of quarterback where both athleticism, uh, running ability, um, that the whole, the NFL is changing so much and how is college sort of providing the, the players to fit into today, today's NFL? Um, you look, you look years back where the running game was sort of so key and running backs were getting drafted really high. And now you see drafts whereby if you see a running back going round one, it's, it's a surprise, um, so, the NFL is always changing, and, and college is obviously um, one of those things whereby, okay, how is a college, uh, what's happening in college football impacting what the current state of the NFL is? Um, and that's what I want to bring. So, I look at sort of not just um, sort of how the NFL is looking, but looking at traits and what kind of sort of uh, receivers, say, for example, we're looking at nowadays compared to previously. You look at likes of Tyreek Hill, uh, who may have been sort of dismissed a few years ago but now everyone wants a a Tyreek Hill kind of player so how is college football adapting to that to make sure that sort of it fits in with the new wave of the NFL
1: absolutely yeah sounds awesome sounds like you're going to get some top quality content very thoughtful content and well researched content so you'll book the trend really considering all that (laughs) Um, good yeah glad
2: glad to join you (laughs)
1: <laughs> awesome, yeah, no, sounds great. Look, right, tonight we're going to go through some perfect prospect fits. Uh, we've all got a prospect each. I'm going to kind of sit back, the Sixers on the podcast tonight, so I'm going to kind of sit back and let other guys do the work for us. Uh, the guys are going to pick out a player, going to tell you where they fit into an NFL team and how they're going to be really successful at it. Uh, second part of the podcast, we'll have a bit of an open conversation about some other interesting guys who I've picked out. I'm going to kind of grill the guys on them. Um, but yeah, let's get straight into that. Um, Andy, we'll come to you with a player who has been close to my heart this season at least uh, with Javante Williams. Tell us about him and where he's going to be really successful.
0: Yes, mate. Um, yeah, close to your heart after after a last-minute pick, which I think we might need to do for Raj as well. I might win it before the season, which... Uh, could do, could yeah. be a little bit of a fun for our listeners, yeah. Um, I, I think Williams makes perfect sense for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think... They are after a three-down back. I think Kenyon Drake was incredibly productive last year and uh, and under-underappreciated at, at that as well. 935 yards, ten touchdowns, uh, rushing for Drake last year. Obviously, back out of contract um, at this offseason, and I don't think um, with the kind of the other holes they've got on that roster to try and uh, take advantage of that rookie contract Super Bowl window they've got that they they want to invest back in that in the running back position there. So I think Williams in the middle of the second round makes perfect fit, uh, makes perfect sense to me. It's a three down back. Um, it's a good pass catcher. got very nice footwork, um, you know, in the kind of uh, elusive category of running backs there. But then he also does the, the dirty stuff as well. He's got a powerful lower body. That he's quite um, shifty between the, the tackles in, the, in like the A gap, B gap and stuff like that. And he also contributes a lot in the screen game as we've seen for, for UNC this year. It's been uh, quite like... Quite a similar offense in, in many ways with kind of uh, the, you know the the spread or air raid or whatever you like sort of combination there at UNC have played um, lots of big shots with Sam Howell's massive arm um, and then kind of a space opening up underneath for, for Williams. So I think that that, that he'd fit the Cardinal system perfectly uh, perfectly well. I think he'd be a, like day one contributor for them, um, and you know he's going to be going in that range in the second round, isn't he? I don't think he's going to be um, like a, Back into, the first, uh, uh, back into the first early second just because of the kind of precedent that was set last year with, with those guys all kind of going off the board mid to, to, to end of the second round. So that's perfectly where the Cardinals sit. They won't have to move around to get him. Uh, and it feels like one that just, just you know, uh, gets off quite nice and easy, quite a nice fit.
1: Yeah, definitely. Rob, I'll just bring you in because obviously we had a bit of uh, talk about Kenyon Drake quite recently, didn't we? And would that be a massive mm. upgrade on Kenyon Drake because you were pretty disparaging mm-hmm. about him previously? <laughs>
3: yeah not a big kenyan drake fan um the, the Miami guys here might disagree with that, but uh, no, I, I wasn't a big fan of, of Kenyon Drake. He's not like he's productive. His his production in the NFL has, has not been there. Statistically, it's not good. Uh, you know, historically from Dolphins and, and from the Cardinals, he was sort of slightly better this year when he had a chance, but, but no, that, yeah, for me, Javante Williams, like, like Andy said, that spread offense, um, the, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, not spread offense. The, um, air raid offense that Kingsbury's got uh, there is that would fit him superbly well um obviously white Williams worked well in a in a tandem with Michael Carter he'll have that with Chase Edmonds because we know he's going to be knocking around um, I'm pretty certain he's not he's going to be there next year so yeah and you know Benjamin as well they, they drafted him last year he's he was he had a pretty high grade on for off from me last year so I think he's got something to offer as well I think that works well for Williams I think that's a plus for him because he's worked in that situation before where he's had he's had that Michael Carter there um to feed off him uh, and I think yeah it'll be a great fit um certainly um uh, with my fantasy cap on as well um uh, that would be very nice to see Javante Williams in Arizona for sure
1: yeah definitely and obviously we've seen Kyler Murray get knocked around quite a lot recent haven't we and Williams obviously a great pass uh, pass protector as well so yeah no I like it I like it I think I'd still think that you should be able to do a buy one get one free on Javonte Williams and Michael Carter I think you should be able to give a, a forfeit with next year's second round pick or something like that and get both of them in and um, we'll see how they f- still work together at the next level yeah awesome like it like that fit there so Javonte Williams to the Arizona Cardinals I like it um, Liam I'm going to come to you next um, a small school player who you really really like who you keep mentioning to us in group chats and things like that Uh, And senior bowl standout Quinn Miners from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater.
4: Can't be a good small schooler. Any chance I can to find a good small schooler, I'm going to go on about them. And yeah, Quinn Miners is kind of Mr. Small School, this uh, draft cycle, isn't he? Um, Out of Wisconsin Whitewater in uh, Division 3. And like you say, had a good uh, couple of years there and then really kind of made his name in this draft cycle with this senior bowl appearance. And... um, i just loved kind of doing a dive on him and, you know, getting to, into more of his film and seeing that he is a really capable player. And then, uh, yeah, come senior bowl and he had a good senior bowl as well. It's kind of added up for me that he can um, potentially sneak into the third round. I think he can go that high in the draft, get in the top uh, sort of a hundred uh, picks. He can play, Guard he's also trained himself to um show that he can take reps at centre, which he did at the senior bowl. It was actually the first time in uh over two years that he'd uh taken reps at uh center and to do it at the senior bowl was pretty good, especially as he performed so well. And um uh yeah, in terms of fit in the draft, I'm gonna be sending him to the Green Bay Packers, um, keeps him in the state of Wisconsin. Like I said, in terms of draft value and um, which round, I'm looking at that pick 92, pick 93, um, where the Packers uh, are going to be picking. And I think that uh, that's a good value positionally for them. I don't think they'll be looking at O-line too early in the, in the draft, but I think he fits really, really well. I think um, they're going to need some space in the interior line. Lane Taylor and Corey Lindsley are both uh, in the free agency pool at the moment. Not sure if both of them are going to come back. Uh, they got the likes of Elston Jenkins there already. If you ask any Packers fans, arguably the most versatile um, lineman in the NFL at the moment, I think that uh, you can kind of find out where best to best to fit a guy like Minus um, with a guy like Jenkins that you can try him at more than one position. Um, I think keeping him in the state of Wisconsin is something that he'll like personally. I think with the the veterans they have an offensive tackle he'll fit in there I think it's better suited for him than going somewhere uh, like Seattle or the New York Giants that need interior linemen but I think uh, don't have the kind of older heads that can kind of help out a younger guy like mine it's at the same time he's going to need the older heads to progress from the division three level to the NFL but offense like the Green Bay Packers fit, I think fits him really really well
5: yeah, I was going to say, seeing him at the senior bowl, he really uh, reminds me of Lloyd and I know I talk about LSU players a lot, but I really liked him as a centre because of his wingspan. And you can see when he, he, he flips his hips up, he gets up quick and it gives maybe smaller guys... Uh, smaller nose tackles coming up against him. He can easily control their shoulders and arms just because of his wingspan. And I think that makes him invaluable going into the NFL. Like we saw, I was really down on Nick Bosa before he got to the NFL, because anytime he came up against guys with a, a, a considerable advantage of wingspan, he seemed to struggle. Uh, and I think that can actually benefit this young man when he makes it to the NFL, just because of his arms.
4: Yeah. The senior bow was huge for him. Just, being able to, like I say, when you watch his Division Three film, he is good watch because he does look a standard above the sort of guys that he's mauling and pancaking. And um, Division Three football is quite readily available on YouTube, so there's a few game, full games that you can go and watch of his as well. And yeah, just pancaking people, and then to carry that on into Senior Bowl and to be putting up really, really strong reps against guys that are potential first round picks, really, really impressive.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's um, it's another sort of point that Rick Wagner also got released as well, didn't they? Right tackle. So it's just about maybe putting your best five guys out there. If you've got like like Jenkins, you've got minus, then they've got some versatile pieces, and they can bring a couple in. Maybe bring Corey Lindsay back. Again, you've got the makings of a good defensive line there that can protect Aaron Rodgers. And um, also, like you said, Liam, keeping him in state is obviously where he grew up as well. So maybe have family around him as well. So that adjustment to the offen- the NFL. Won't be as harsh as it might have done Had he gone across I think
4: that off the field stuff is so key And there's like It's been interesting seeing discussions over the years Of keeping players in state But I think it would work for him He's like It's nice to like Look at his personality And how he was interviewing Over the senior bowl And obviously Having the belly out as well And he brings that fun side to it It's like the most Photographed torso since DK Metcalf But for very different reasons
1: yeah, not exactly comparable, are they? Maybe comparable in you know, in some ways to Pete Carroll when he uh, took his shirt off after they dropped Yeah, maybe they can do an Andy <laughs> Reid with
4: It's It'll be the same thing, wouldn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. To I was, was going to say, there, he yeah. looked
4: like a
5: photo negative of off-season Ezekiel Elliott.
1: <laughs> well, he's always asking people to feed him, isn't he? So, you know, <laughs> another little shot at the Ohio State University there from you, standard. <laughs> nice, yeah, no, I like it though I like the, like the fit there with Miners going to the Packers um, We'll move on uh, Raj, we'll bring you in uh, for your debut piece uh, You're going to talk about another player from UNC You're going to talk about Diami Brown Yeah, so
2: Diami Brown is um, someone sort of look, looking at in terms of uh, what, what, the, what the Chiefs are looking at in terms of uh, Watkins is an impending free agent Nico Hardman jury's out really um, looking for a vertical guy uh, to be wide receiver number two, um, and I, I just think Yami Brown is, is the perfect fit for them. The, the back end of round two. Um, so in terms of his career, um, he really exploded in his sophomore season. Um, Twelve games, uh, fifty-one receptions over a thousand yards, uh, twenty over twenty yards yards per reception. And then in his junior year, eleven games, uh, fifty-five receptions, and again over a thousand yards. Uh, eight touchdowns compared to 12 in sophomore, and again, around 20 um, yards per reception. So the production's there, obviously having Sam Howell as back has, has obviously uh, sort of helped him there. Um, and he's really a vertical threat. Um, he hasn't got lightning speed, um, but his his quickness uh, off the line of scrimmage with his stutter step um, and how he's just so smooth in, in going vertical, I think it would be a perfect fit for Mahomes. Where, as you saw in the Super Bowl, it was if, if, if you if you double Tyreek and, and you've got uh, athletic linebackers on 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 Travis Kelsey, who else is there in that offense for for, for Mahomes to throw to? Um, so I just think it'll be a perfect fit for the Chiefs. Um, he, he his vertical uh, ability is obviously a standout. Um, his in UNC is a limited uh, route tree, um, but he can sort of. Uh, there, he has shown that he can uh, take slants and um, he's he's young as well in terms of he's only 21. So there's plenty of growth and potential there to sort of learn in an Andy Reid offence and, and really sort of be that weapon that I think Mahomes needs. Now, obviously, everyone thinks that, well, Mahomes has already got Kelsey and Hill. What what else does he need? But um, it's pretty obvious that the more you feel... Sort of the Kansas City offensive weapons, the even better there will be. So, yeah, love him as a player. 6'1, 185, um, got all the traits to be a top level receiver in the NFL.
1: Yeah, definitely. Another player, obviously, talking about UNC, another player that I've enjoyed watching this season. Andy, you were nodding along quite a lot there with what Raj was saying. I'll bring you in because obviously you've done wide receivers for our draft guide. What do you reckon in terms of that fit? Yeah, there? I like it, man.
0: Um, yeah, it's like an interesting one. He's actually the last guy that I, I scouted for the guide, so obviously got the, that wrapped up. So, yeah, um, he's kind of, I, I was watching him and like Raj says, he hasn't got a lot of that elite speed. And I was just thinking, how is this guy getting like so many um, so many like deep balls and, uh, and kind of you know taking the top off defences with this speed and then it's it's got a double move that he does it like every time it's so nice to watch it's just like it's just so slight but kind of shifts to the left slightly and the cornerback bites and it just goes and there's just so much separation after that so yeah I love that move and, and that's the sort of thing that, that the Chiefs need isn't it a bit different now. like Raj said um, kind of almost a replacement for Watkins whether Watkins comes back or not but he, he can grow into that role as a kind of complementary guy um, and the kind of his body control is, is really good as well and he can definitely be uh, taught a better route tree and that's going to really help him at the next level so yeah, I love the fit there I think that would be quite like it, for me it was kind of I was looking at Brown, I was thinking this guy's so productive, but I don't think he's a as a wide receiver one just because of the kind of limitations of his game. Um, but this is the kind of perfect place where he can still get that college production, but without the kind of you know, uh, rock on his shoulders in terms of having to be the the number one guy every week. So yeah, love the fit. Yeah, definitely.
2: And and one of the knocks with him was um against elite cornerback competition this year in terms of uh, Asante Samuel Jr. and uh, Caleb Farley. Um, his stats didn't really jump off the page. I know Caleb Farley had a, had a really good game against him, um, but if you watch the uh, FSU game, the there was a couple of plays where Jeremy Brown was wide open, and his stats could have been, I think, it was four, four sixty-four. He ended up being against FSU. It could have been a lot, lot bigger if, if Sam Sam Howell was uh, able to to connect or. Uh, spot how open he was um, and that might be the knock on him he hasn't done it against a pure uh, number one cornerback but the traits are there. vertical threat it's it translates well into today's NFL and um, yeah I'm really high on him
1: yeah, absolutely. I don't want uh, to advocate for Kansas City getting any better as a Chargers fan, but I do like the fit. I can see where you guys are coming from. Another thing that I really like about him is his blocking ability, and I'm, I'm sure that Andy Reid could use that in the running game quite a lot because he's a pretty ferocious blocker, as the, all the UNC uh, wide receivers are, to be honest with you. Well coached up there.
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's, he's a willing blocker. He's um, he, he only plays on the left left side of uh, of the offence, so again, a development piece maybe um obviously trying to trying to find sort of different different areas within the offense to to, uh work on but um if he goes to the Chiefs, he'll have the one of the best coaches available to help develop his game so that that's that's sort of a perfect fit for me
1: yeah no i completely agree absolutely um and like you say the complementary pieces around him will take the pressure off him in you know the early years for sure um Rob, we'll sit with wide receivers then for a guy that you've very much sort of thought of as your guy, um, Marlon Williams out of UCF. Yeah,
3: Marlon Williams. He won me a fantasy title last year, hence why he's one of my guys. Uh, No... Yeah, I have I haven't really got a team that he's gonna to go to. I've got a division. So how about that for a bit of diversity? Um I, I think he's gonna land in the AFC South because it's one division that's crying out for quality receivers. Um you look at all the teams in the AFC South, and there's you know, you've got a couple of obviously standout players, AJ Brown, you know the visco obviously i'm quite eye on um and, and a couple of the indie guys but there's there is a, a certain lack of talent throughout the rosters there in the afc south marlon williams is a slot receiver um it, it, he's not very versatile you wouldn't play him on the outside um he's only six foot and two, two, two 222 pounds but he plays a lot bigger than that he is a contested catch monster he's probably one of the best contested catch receivers in this draft honestly he he just wins everything he plays a lot bigger than six foot i can tell you that for free um he's a really good red zone target um he does line up outside when he lines up outside he can't. He catches slant passes over the middle. He's a very uh, over. The, he's a very central figure um, as a receiver. He can block as well, which leads me to think that if he was slightly bigger, he'd be a perfect tight end. Uh, and this is the kind of route I'm going down right now. I'm looking at Jacksonville, looking at Tennessee, and I'm seeing that Tennessee have got um, their tight end is uh, Johnny Smith. I escape me for a minute there. He's up for. He's in the free agency um Corey Davis also free agent uh, impending Tennessee needed better receivers they went in last year this was something I flagged up last year they had AJ Brown um who by the way was a slot at, at Old Miss but only played in 10% uh, snaps in the slot in, in his rookie year and I think it was only 15% last year so he's not playing in the slot for Tennessee there's a, definitely a position there Love to see him on the offense. Would Love to see Tannehill have another uh, a decent option over the middle. Uh, Johnny Smith was that for the first two or three weeks of, of last season, but then vanished, disappeared off a cliff for the, for the remainder. Um, so they could do with an extra guy like Marlon Williams, who is that that really commanding presence over the middle. Like I said, doesn't lose catches, contested catch king. He, he's just fantastic to watch. He, he's a two, three guys on him at some points he'd still win the catch. He'd still, he'd still win the ball. It's great y- yards after the catch ability as well. Um, could he hasn't got the greatest of speed, but he's got, just got that ability just to, just to win. And I, I love that about him. And it was clearly the first read in that offense. Cause he, Dylan Gabriel just fed him all day long, every game, uh, well over a thousand yards last year. on that's on that um, uh, less, less than full schedule. So, yeah, the production was there last year. That'll do his draft stock. No, no damage whatsoever. I have got a third round grade on him. Um, unfortunately, Indianapolis don't have a third round pick. Now we've just got Carson, no legs Wentz. Uh, so we'll, you know, that's unfortunate for us. But he kind of. <laughs> the recency bias for Marlon Williams having a great year last year, I think boosts them up to the top of the third round. So that's where obviously Jacksonville and Houston have picks. Houston's another team losing Will Will Fuller. What's going on with Deshaun Watson? We don't know, but you know, there's only... Uh, Cooks, Brandon Cooks uh, who, who? what other receivers are, are in Houston <laughs> I,
1: Isaiah Coulter
3: is <laughs> RIP <Right on top. laughs> well, Isaiah Coulter yeah uh, <laughs> exactly They're, and who's a tight end there they, they need better receiving options Marlon Williams is just that so Jacksonville, Houston and Tennessee three great teams that he could land on I'd love him to go to Indy, we've got a slot receiver in, in Paris Campbell, he's always freaking injured anyway so why not have another <laughs> slot receiver Um there's four teams there that would love to have Marlon Williams it would be really beneficial of him to go somewhere like that. Uh, one of, any one of those teams. Unfortunately, Indy haven't got a pick in the third. So I, I don't think we'll, we won't grab him in the second. I think we've got bigger needs at corner uh, in the second round. So yeah, I, th- I think we're looking at the beginning of the third there, Jacksonville or Houston.
1: I see. I like it. Like I say, all those teams really need help at receiver as well. Especially yeah. for some new quarterbacks that might be in town in that division as well. Looking at Mr. Trevor Lawrence, of course, as well with that. Yeah. Um, Kieran, thank God, bring us some defense, man. Let's talk about a defender for once.
5: Elijah Molden, he is not imposing, he is not scary. He is a slight little bloke at only five foot ten, which I say at the grand old height of five foot nine and a half. He is possibly, in terms of instincts. And Football IQ the most intriguing prospect in this entire draft. And I mean, over the likes of the Mormon Marvel, Zach Wilson, or the Buckeye Bust, Justin Fields. This kid is incredible. His, And I think he would fit best at the Bills. Because if we break down the Bills AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs, the Bills played exactly how they were supposed to play. They ran the defense exactly how they were supposed to run it. Problem is they didn't have the personnel who knew what the fuck they were doing when it came to assignments and things like that. I know they have Trey White. I know they have Matt Milano. I know they have some good guys there like Jordan Poyer. The problem is they don't have enough guys who knew what they were doing. They didn't have guys who knew when they should be bracketing. and they didn't have guys who knew that they should be switching assignments on the fly. And I think that's what Elijah Molden adds. If you get rid of that old guy, Josh Norman, I think he's still flying through space after that Derek Henry stiff arm. If you pair Elijah Molden with Trey White, that can really elevate their defensive game. His IQ and the way he processes plays so fast, and the way he uses his eyes to bait quarterbacks. This guy is perfect for the Buffalo Bills defense because they just need one or two extra pieces to take them to that Super Bowl victory that I'm really, really betting on because I do not want to have to get an Eli Manning tattoo. So I think if you if you if you add him in there i know he he plays best in the slot or in like a nickel defense or something maybe even a dime package you add him to this defense after uh, after maybe a year in the league just getting his bearings a little bit Back in that AFC Championship game, I take the Bills to win because the guy knows what he's doing. He can command his men from a cornerback position. He knows what is going on every single time. He is not easily faked out by subtle motions or fake audibles. He knows what he's supposed to be doing every single snap and every single play, and I know what you're thinking. He's a midget, but... That does not mean he doesn't attack the ball. He plays really scrappy. He attacks the ball at the high point, despite his size. He has very good ball skills. And... He's not afraid to tackle. What do I tell you guys every time we talk about cornerbacks? What makes an elite quarterback? Why is Trey White good? Why is Denzel Ward good? Why is Stefan Gilmore good? Why is Xavier Howard good? Because they can tackle and they're willing to tackle. That's why prospect like Greedy Williams haven't been as good. It's not just because they're busted in coverage, but because they don't like to tackle and that's what Elijah Molden is not afraid to do he's not afraid to stick his helmet down he's not afraid to wrap someone up and he's not afraid of laying someone in the dirt face mark first and flexing on him and i love that about him this kid is an absolute baller and i truly believe that if the bills add him which they should they can easily do it with a second round pick because a lot of people are down on him because of his size short kings rise up we can do this but if if he makes it to the bills i really think i i know they're going back to the afc championship game already they have the best roster in the nfl right now bar none I don't care. Stefan Diggs is a top two wide receiver. Josh Allen is an absolute freak of nature throwing the football. So you add him to the defense. I'm confident that these guys... I've already gotten pegged winning the Super Bowl next year. I don't care. I'm sorry, Raj. I'm sorry, Andy. Dolphins are really good. And I'm going to have to accept third place as the Patriots next year. But... When the Bills get back, go to the Super Bowl next year, when they breeze past the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game or even the Cleveland Browns, looking how this league is shaping up, Elijah Molden is going to be the difference in these playoff games because he's going to know exactly what he's doing, exactly where he's supposed to be. And if the Bills draft him, they will cruise to a cool, a clean, a calm, collected Super Bowl win.
1: You should be his agent, <laughs> or or send that send that recording to Sean McDermott, and you'll get a job with Buffalo. No, no, uh, no problem with the hype man.
5: Come on, man, I know what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> do you do you get a bit worried though? I know you mentioned that replacing Josh Norman. Obviously, he's been a pure slot guy for Washington. Are we going to have another NFL Sean Wade on our hands where he gets burned every week and he's out of the league in a couple of years?
5: No, because he's he's way better than Josh Norman. Is he better it's... than Sean
1: Wade though? Yeah, of course he is. didn't need to invite you to today like of
5: course he is when when i'm saying the things i'm saying i'm not just trying to like hype him up in general i genuinely think he's this good and the reason he is on most people's draft boards and even on my draft board we when we in this in this book we're making we've had to put predicted round if i could predict where i would pick him i would pick i would pick him (laughs) the draft guide sorry i'm out of sorts today i've had about two hours sleep i Rob, you forgot the name of your daughter, I can forget the name of the book for a second. Um, look, <laughs> with... I think he's a first-round talent, personally. In terms of he he has generational level instincts. I love throwing that word around because I know it pisses you awfully. He has amazing instincts, unlike any I've ever seen in a long, long time. I think maybe he's up there with guys like Trey White in terms of his instinctual play and the way he can read quarterbacks and the way he's not faked out by double moves. The only problem is his long speed getting upfield. If he gets um You know, his spacing requires work. That's really the only thing. Like I said earlier in the group chat, I'm really at a loss of things to put for negatives for this kid because he is that good, but the size is one of them. And the NFL, there's a reason why guys like Brian Bosworth will always go early in the draft because they're huge and people like that. No matter how bad they turn out, that's what people like in this league. They want big, they want bold, they want brash. Elijah Moulton isn't any of those things, but the one thing is, is a baller and any secondary he is going to be in. He is going to have a commanding presence in the way he plays, the plays football, the way he reads football, and that's going to translate. And I think the bills with him can protect That's just the level up they need. Like I said, when they played the chiefs, they played defense perfectly. They had the right plan. They sent for, they kept everyone else in zones. Sometimes they run the man coverage let's save these pickup assignments, but they didn't have the personnel to really do that effectively the way the Buccaneers did the Buccaneers defense. A lot of those guys are a lot more cerebral and they were picking up on brackets and, you know, switching coverages perfectly as the game plan was the bills couldn't do that. But a guy like Elijah Molden, Enables them, uh, enables them to do that because of how um, smart he is and how smart he plays the game. Yeah, you can't put him on man coverage against Tyreek Hill, but who can you put in man coverage against Tyreek Hill? His best asset is his brain and the way he reads plays and the way he can diagnose things so quickly that he's never going to get caught out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean... Coming from Washington, I know we joke about DBU and things like that. Washington DBs are always well-coached, I say. Uh, Pete Kwiatkowski, who's just gone to Texas to be Steve Kass, uh, Steve Sarkeesian's defensive coordinator, um, was the DC up in Washington who would have coached Maldon. And uh, Byron Murphy, who we've had recently, and a load of other DBs who've come out of Washington in the past few years. Uh, so, yeah, that's me piping up with someone from Texas. So that's, again, another rarity that we hear on this podcast um, they should be quite good next year. they were quite quite um, happy for them to get that um, combination of Sarkeesian and Kwiatkowski as well. That should be uh, a definite boon for Texas moving forward. So, yeah, I like it. I like it. I like all the fits that we've just created out there. Um, I'm glad we've kind of got in some defence at the end now. I appreciate that. What I'm going to do then, second part, I'm just going to give you guys... I've got four conversations for you to have, and I want you to guys to kind of give me your best shots at these four although it's really five. Um, so I've got a kind of, kind of combination of two of them because they're kind of in the same position and the same kind of conversation around, the same questions surrounding these two guys. And I just want to kind of see what you guys come up with and what you kind of think of these players and where they're best fit. So first one that I want to kind of give you guys and everyone could just kind of put their hands off and beard and things like that. Travis Etienne. Obviously, we've talked about Javonte Williams, kind of RB2, uh, RB3, RB these two pretty close. I think I've got like a cigarette paper between them, but two... Rob, I think you just about beat Kieran there for that first one. Where's Travis Etienne's best fit in the NFL? Uh, wherever Trevor Lawrence ends up is going to be my answer <laughs> here. Um, and if it's if it's obviously
3: Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville will have another first-round pick, I do believe. So, you know, you never know. Um, I, yeah, I genuinely believe that is that is his best spot. I, I originally, you know, in my first mock, had him going, had obviously Lawrence going to the Jets because they had the first round pick until they naused it up. Um, and I had Travis Etienne going to the Jets in the end of the first. So, yeah, I, I think Jacksonville is the best spot for him if Trevor Lawrence is there. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm going to throw my two pence in at
1: familiarity liam just, just i'll come to you in a second kieran did you do that combination with the jets as well in one of our first mocks that we did as well i can't remember am i right in thinking that yeah i sent i sent
4: etienne there but i was i didn't send lawrence there because i was i'm still oh yeah on for operation <laughs> well, save sam darnold so hand, hanging by a thread isn't it yeah
1: <laughs> kieran what, what what about you you, you just got pipped at the post uh by oh. rob there with etn who about who did you say
5: yeah, Raj and Andy are going to hate me for this one. But yeah, Buffalo Bills again, they don't have a running back. They just don't. They don't have anyone there, and that's the thing they're missing. You can't have a six-foot-six, 250-pound quarterback be your leading rusher through the playoffs. I think in the, the game against the Chiefs, they ran the ball once in the entire first half, and it was Josh Allen because he got flushed out the pocket. You, How did they get that far? with no running back. I, I think they should bring Christian Wade back for sure, because that guy's a stud. But Travis Etienne is an elite level running back, and if they add him, just, just more reasons why they're going to the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things that it's more ammo for the, the crowd who say running backs don't matter. Um, go ahead, Rash. I think you were kind of airing towards that earlier on, weren't you?
2: Yeah, it pains me to say it, but I think uh, Kieran's right. I think Bills are the ideal fit. Um, uh, Zach Moss and Singletary just aren't up for it. Um, they, they, are, they were uh, sort of twenty-first, I think, in, in rushing in, in rushing grade this year. Um, Etn instantly upgrades it, and um, it's their missing piece on the offense because they've got all they've got all the weapons uh, out wide. Quarterbacks, unreal. I don't know what how that that leap happened this year, but he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's the missing piece for that offence as far as I'm concerned.
1: Would you guys say, I'll kind of open it up to everyone who's kind of spoken really, would you guys say that needs to be a first round pick or are they kind of not able to wait until the late second to get him?
5: They they could grab him in the second. I don't think ETN's a first round back personally, but then again... That's going to be a late
1: pick though, isn't it? So it's going to be like, you know, high Uh, fifties pick. uh,
5: I think... Potentially grabbing him late in the first might be a reach. But then again, mm. I don't think he's going to be there late in the second. So it, it, it's the same discussion we had with Clyde Edwards last year. I did, I thought potentially picking him in the first round was a bit of a reach, but he, he wasn't going to make it past mid-second round. So it's probably smart to go up and grab him while you have that pick, given that you know they're not losing that many players this year to free agency and stuff like that. So it, it might be smart to go up there and grab the guy while he's there.
1: Mm. Raj, what, Rob, what, what about you guys? What do you say? First round,
2: uh, you'd have to get him, or could you wait on that? Uh, back end of the first, I think it uh, makes sense, or uh, or they could obviously trade trade back and, and pick uh, early second if, if need be. But um, they're at a stage now where they're in Super Bowl win mode, so they're only a couple of pieces away from from sort of being in that position. So they just got to look at their draft board. If, if Etienne is there still at the back end of the first, you take him. It's simple as that.
3: I think, I think that's why I, why I like it with, with Jacksonville because if they, if they get getting Trevor Lawrence, they've got the 25th pick. They've got the 33rd pick. Um, he could be there for both of those picks. So, it, you know, I know they've got James Robinson coming with the UDFA. Look, if you get Trevor Lawrence with your first overall and you pick up, um, you know, you, you pick up his best mate, at 25, and you get a five year, your fifth year option with him as well, with both of them. You know, that's a, that's a tandem that you're, you've got for five solid years
1: at least. Mm. Then you can get rid of him and not pay him. And after you've run him into the exactly, ground, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. No, I like it. Yeah, he's, he's a, a player that, uh, you know, I had Javante Williams to bring up as well, but obviously, Andy spoke about him earlier. Um, Andy, would you say Javante Williams is in the same bracket just very, very quickly before we move on, same sort of range?
0: I think Etienne's better than uh, Javante Williams. Um, I think he's like 1B to, to Najee no, Harris, is 1A. And then uh, Javante Williams is like the, the top of the second bracket for me. Um, so, yeah, I can see him being a first-round pick. I think that's a, whoever gets him in, in from pick 20 onwards is, uh, is getting a very good player, aren't they? I personally think the Steelers is my pick. Uh, They just need a run game. And if they're going going for one last hurrah with with Big Ben this year, then it makes perfect sense. Uh, It it doesn't sound like they're completely sold on going for Big Ben, though. So uh, it feels like that could be a quarterback as well.
1: Yeah, I I thought Williams would have been a nice pick for the Steelers, actually. It sounds like I'm a bit higher on Williams than than you are. But uh, he's more of a a one at one with Harris and then sort of a 2A and 2B for me with with Etienne and Williams. But that's by the by, I'm not really involved in this one. Next, next one. The next one for bidding is Mac Jones, obviously a player that we've kind of been talking about a little bit earlier on Andy's day. Of, should we mention what, what what was put into the group chat earlier on, or what? <laughs> Go on, Andy, talk, talk us through it. I, I
0: can't remember what was put in the group chat. It earlier.
1: was that thing about Devonta Smith, wasn't it? He oh, was asked yeah, about? Yeah. Uh, so, just what we talk about, just I'll kind of explain it. Uh, Devonta Smith was asked by an unknown, unnamed team personnel, scout or something like that, a faceless individual. And he was asked, "What's the better quarterback, Tua or Mac Jones?" And apparently, he he was pretty defiant on Mac Jones, which obviously Andy disagrees with vehemently.
0: I mean, Devonta uh, Smith's just a crap wide receiver. If that's we're just throwing around uh, <laughs> opinions like this, aren't we? But um, yeah, anyway, um, I think Mac Jones is a like upside guy, isn't he? Um, he's got like a. We talked about this last week, didn't we? On the on the Scouting Pod, so we don't really need to delve completely. Into him. So for me, it feels like he's like a top of the second round sort of quarterback in terms of where I've got the grade on him. I I think somewhere like the Falcons, if uh, they don't go quarterback in round one, they know that Matt Ryan, you know, he's he's probably on the decline. I don't think anyone would disagree with that on on here. and although he's probably got a year or two of, of like a good NFL starting caliber in him, uh, Matt Jones could be the guy that comes and sits and learns. I think he's going to have to come and sit and learn. He hasn't got a whole lot of starting experience in college, a year and a half, um, you know. And he could end up like a Trubisky route if he's thrown in too early, and just gets the jitters. So, yeah, um, I think he's a game manager. If um, uh, if the Falcons get him in, uh, give him a year to sit, and then provide some weapons for him next year, why not?
5: Yeah, it's basically what Andy said. He's a game manager at best uh, uh, and, you know, a a bust at worst. I don't think he's ever going to be a top 10 quarterback. I don't think he's ever going to have top 10 quarterback numbers. I don't think he's ever going to wow anyone in the NFL. I, I don't think he has that sort of talent. But if there's a team out there who just want a guy to bridge for a couple years while they search for someone generation or maybe a team on the hunt for the next Trevor Lawrence or something, and yeah, it'd be fantastic like he'd be fantastic at that, but yeah, you know, I just don't think he's that good. Two, two is a better quarterback. I'm just gonna say it there, and I think Mac Jones's ceiling is a slightly chubby, less handsome
0: AJ McCarron.
1: <laughs> go ahead, Rob, you want to up as well?
0: I almost tweeted that earlier from the Dolphins to Cat number, and By the way, that is he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a poor man's AJ McCarron. There you go. <laughs> um.
3: Is it? Uh, let me ask the room. Is, is Mac Jones a first or second round pick?
0: Second. He's uh, Drew Lock from a couple of years ago. So, quite oh, like, easily um, a second then. Don't disrespect Drew Lock like that. No, but that's a, quite a sort of dra- draft range. he's in. He's like uh, he's oh. like could could be could be talked about as a first round guy, but then will slide to the second quite easily.
1: Yeah, I'd be.
5: Can, I do can he wrap? Drew Lock can so you know intangibles there
1: Lima <laughs> Raj what do you say first or second round
4: he's not as good A as Drew for
3: <laughs> It's interesting you say that because obviously true locks been mentioned a couple of times there. Because the reason I ask is because Denver at forty is interesting for me. Mac Jones, obviously Jerry Judy's there. I know they didn't play because Tua was the quarterback for Bama, but he, you know Mac Jones obviously was at Bama with Jerry Judy in some capacity. So it could be interesting to see that sort of uh, chemistry come back possibly uh, at at, four, at pick forty at Denver because obviously we I. I'm not a bigger hater of Drew Locke, but I don't think the patience is there from the fan base or possibly the coaching staff as well. So there could be, uh, it could be noise at, at 40 at Denver.
1: It's um, John Elway's last year as well. He's already said he's going after the coming season as well. So he's got kind of one more swing of the bat to get a quarterback, which is obviously swung and missed quite a fair few times as well.
5: Yeah, I think the advantage, the only advantage you will have against some of these quarterbacks coming out is that he's had to play against Alabama defenses in practice every single week. As we know, Nick Saban loves throwing exotic looks out there and, and looks that you don't tend to get in college. Defense is. you know that's what he thrives around and that's what he builds around and that's his showcase for that Alabama team so I think that's the only advantage you will have uh, against certain other quarterbacks is that he'll maybe be able to diagnose it better or he's seen some of the things before but outside of his, his rookie year that's no leg up on any other any other quarterback coming in this year
1: all right. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, switch up. I'm gonna switch up then, switch over to D uh, for the last two situations. Um, first one I'm gonna go for on defense is Christian Barmore. Now, obviously, we've got a lot of talk about IDL's not really being in the first round contention. So we're looking kind of open to anyone here. They can kind of go to anyone whether they're gonna take him in the first or whether they're gonna, you know, wait until the second. Any bids for Christian Barmore or
2: Alabama Alabama? Yeah, go ahead, Raj. So, yeah, for me, I think I think the back end of last season, he really um, sort of put himself into the back end of the first category, um, especially in the higher State game. It was just, he was an absolute freak in that game. Um, and... I would love him at the Dolphins um, at pick 18 if, if we really needed to, to get him with him, Raekwon Davis, and Christian Wilkins as a front three. Uh, I think he'll be a great fit. Um, his ball rush is, is is something that is really pops out on the tape, um, especially uh, sort of, like I said, at the back end of last season. Um, again, coaching that Alabama defense under Saban, um, obviously seeing what Raekwon Davis was like last year. Coming out last year, he was um, – sort of he, he was projected to be a first but obviously slipped down due to his last last year's um production barmore it's gone the opposite way in terms of the back end of back end of last season he was he was phenomenal and um i really really like him to be a back end of the back end of the first player I mean, He's
5: yeah um i don't want to compare him to deron Payne because i don't think he's that good but he has that type of disruptive presence like we've seen with Washington football team all of last year, while Deron Payne didn't necessarily have the production in terms of numbers, he opened things up for guys. Chase Young was not going to be a defensive rookie of the year without a guy like Deron Payne in there, making sure that the linemen are constantly sweating and have to double cover. I like that Christian Barmore. He can pay free tech and five tech at the nose tackle position. That's very, very useful. And he's very, very versatile. Um, Honestly, the best comparison I can maybe have, uh, I know he's 6'5", 3'10", so he's a big boy, but almost close to Quinan Williams, who was out of Alabama a few years ago. He maybe hasn't had the production, but also he's still a, a, you know a big force on that D-line, and I actually like him for a team like Miami, where they okay, they had the famous 30-yard sack this year on Patrick Mahomes, Um, but they need a bit more disruption on that defensive line, especially when you have linebackers like Kyle Van Noy, who we saw in the Patriots system were very effective at utilizing gaps coming through from defensive tackles to get sacks off on the quarterback and add pressure. I think Christian would be in a... uh, I'm just giving everyone to my rivals. That's terrible. Um, He he would be good, uh, disruptive presence, and especially if you know the Patriots are going with a uh, rookie quarterback this year, and the the Chiefs, uh, the Bills' O line isn't the best, and then obviously there's only one good lineman in uh, New York. Jets team and that's Mackay Becton so I think you add him he's going to disrupt a lot of offensive lines and he can potentially give a lot of younger quarterbacks fits
3: yeah, I was looking at my my first mock that I did a few months ago, and I had him going to the Browns. Um, I think he, you know, fitting nicely alongside Miles Garrett on the edge there, and um, you know that upcoming good defense. But just in my latest mock, um, I did in uh, early Feb, uh, I've actually knocked him up because I. I, I did a bit i did him for the scouting podcast for when we did dt's i was really impressed with what i saw even though he's a young lad he's got a long way to go to reach top level i think he's he's is showing that he can reach that level. So I knocked him right up to to pick 10 at, at, at the Cowboys because the Cowboys, God, the defence has been dreadful. They could really do with some help um, up front in the trenches. And I think uh, Barmore would be a great fit for, for Jerry Jones and co at, at the Cowboys. So that's what I've kind of fell in love with that pick It's a top 10 pick, which is it's a reach. I know that. as there's, there's, uh, You won't see Christian Barmore in a lot of mocks in the top 10, but um, just one that really fitted well, I think, for an upcoming player that is a little a bit of a gamble it tends to be what the sort of Cowboys go for in my opinion and I think that's a, a great fit
1: yeah Jerry's got all sensible now hasn't he he's he's kind of yeah. started making a few sensible picks now
3: I think it's about time for him to gamble a bit and
1: take a young <laughs> young stud who, who could, who could uh, go up to the next level
3: mm.
1: all started when he got talked out of uh, Johnny Manziel didn't it when he took um, was it Zach Martin instead was that the same draft
3: yeah I think so mm.
1: Last one then I want to kind of talk about. And this is kind of a, a duo situation because I think both of these guys are in the same sort of position where I'm thinking what position are they going to play? Because they're both like hybrid defenders. I'm, I'm talking about Hamza nasir Dean and uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa. I'll open it up to either of those players. I know we've got fans of both teams on this podcast. So where do you think they're going to play and, and where's their fit? Maybe not team-wise, but maybe positional-wise for both of these guys.
0: Well, I'll take uh, Dean Then, if I that's the, if that was the lead-in for me, um, yeah, Not I mean, either. I think... Uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, he uh, didn't uh, have I, to be. <laughs> I, I was waiting for Rob to come in on the uh, on the other guy, but um, yeah. I, to be honest, I think yeah, he slots in nicely in that kind of Derwin James role for me. He's big, he's athletic, uh, he's got good range. Um, he hasn't. We haven't seen him at full fitness for a couple of, uh, well, for, the, for last season anyway. Um, so I, I think. I think he's going to slip a bit in the draft uh, and I think it's going to be a real bargain for someone because he's a top-class player. Uh, He was being mocked at the start of the first, uh, sorry, back end of the first um, before the season. Obviously, that was before we kind of saw the extent of the injury. But those two games that we saw Al Din come back in, he was just... Uh, it just gave the FSU that like something to, a bit of a spark back uh, back at, uh, in the secondary. Obviously, Santé uh, Santé Samuel's been there all year, um, but been out on an island until Travis J kind of stepped his game up. So when those three finally got together and, and was the last line of defense, that the FSU defense uh, secondary looked a lot stronger. So I think in terms of where he's going to go, I think he will go back into the second. Um, I mean, I can't even think where it would be good. I mean, maybe the, the Chiefs would be great, Um, you know, it'd be a nice little pick there to learn behind uh, uh, Tyrone Matteo and that sort of role. Um, To be honest, the Cowboys were picking later. I'd have him there every day of the week. He's their kind of player. He's got star power. He's got massive pedigree. Uh, and he, he'd kind of, you know, be fine with all the lights on him in, in Dallas. But, yeah, um, great player. I think he's going to be, like, so underrated in this draft. And he's going to be a real steal for someone.
5: Yeah, this, uh, sticking with the AFC, you guys are going to hate this. Uh, <laughs> Jeremiah Wusu koromoa would be great for the Patriots. Over the last couple of years, we collected some very decent linebackers in terms of Chase Winovich and Josh Uche, both Michigan men, but questions still remain about Dante Hightower. Is he going to be with us after another year? And this guy could be a very good, I'm not going to say perfect replacement, because I think Dante Hightower, all-time great player, but this guy could sort of fill that role. He is smart enough to know you know, when even the situation doesn't call for it to lay off his blitz, drop back into coverage. He loves to hit people. Uh, You know, he's a Notre Dame man. So he loves laying the smack down on people. Uh, And that's what we love to see. This, the cornerstone of a Patriots defense is big, hard hitting linebackers. uh, and People aren't going to shy away from contact. We've seen it with Chase Winovich, less so with Josh Uche, but still the production is there. I think if you slot him in, uh, maybe keep him on the weak side most of the time or potentially transition him to the strong side uh, after Dante Hightower leaves. You're potentially looking at a very, very good um, pick here that you could pick up early third round.
1: What oh, Coromoa third round?
5: Yeah, I see him falling.
1: Oof, that's a big call. That's a spicy take.
5: Look, when I deliver takes, they're always <laughs> hot spicy and fresh off fresh off the presses i don't do boring i don't do, correct i don't <laughs> were, i don't do
3: was also fucking wrong most of the time
2: <laughs>
5: I, I, I don't do well you know i said the bills of mayor <laughs> afc championship game the only thing I was wrong about this year was when I said Dolphins would have top eight defence. They had a top three defence, Rob. So, you Excuse me, you,
3: mate. You fucking said that the LSU Tigers <laughs> were going to go to six and four and they didn't even get that, did they?
5: Who, who did I say was going to go six and four? LSU.
0: Yeah,
5: Close enough. Um, <laughs> we're, to, we're, to, we're, to, we're talking about the NFL now, mate. Keep up. Um, you also right. had
0: Jamar Chase going first overall in the first draft of the year.
5: He's the best. <laughs> He is the most talented player in the entire draft. You cannot tell me differently. I will fight you in a Arby's parking lot at 3am on this issue. Yes, if he falls, he'd be a great pickup for the Patriots.
3: You mispronounced Carl Pitts, mate. Um, right, so uh. uh, Jeremiah Car- <laughs> <laughs> Karamo, is, he's going to go at the end of the first or beginning of the second. Um, He's, he's a he's a wheel linebacker. He plays in the middle. He can play... Uh, I think we're all in agreement in all. We are all in agreement that he could probably be like an Isaiah Simmons kind of can play the safety role at the next level as well. Um, he's quick. He's Definitely the inside guy He's all over the place uh, in that line, linebacker role though. He's a real sort of, I hate using the term a unicorn, but that is, that seems to be <laughs> what uh, the term to use. Um I hate to say that he's right, but I think uh, the Patriots would be a great fit for him. Um, but uh, also the, the Raiders could do with a wheel linebacker, I do believe, um, you know, they're strengthening up at, in, in defence. So that's another position. But I think picking at 17 is too early and 48 is probably too late for, for them. So they'd have to do some moving around. Um, yeah, any more for any more for any more on, Kar- on Amusu Karamura where he's landing?
5: Uh, just, just like what you said, starting him on the weak side but potentially given how he plays maybe transitioning him over to to sam linebacker just because of the versatility he has he can switch between those mm. two positions i think safety might be uh, a bit of a stretch because i think when he gets to the nfl he's going to pack on maybe 10 15 pounds of muscle just to just to keep up with some of the bigger guys he's going to have to play against but yeah I, I like i like the weak side but he, he's so versatile you can play him across either i don't think he suits you know like a middle linebacker spot as much just because i like what you can do in the rush and keeping him outside opens him up for those sort mm. of opportunities but yeah I, I like the versatility of him but i think safety is a little bit of a stretch just because he's gonna bulk up when he reaches the next level hmm
3: Actually, wonder as you're talking there, I was thinking actually Green Bay would be a nice little spot for him to go um, as with that versatility because yeah there's a few different spots in that defense that he could potentially pin around in, um, and the right sort of draft cost as well at the end of the first. So that that'd be probably a, a, a not a bad shout, Green Bay.
5: Probably give up less touchdowns at a cornerback position as well.
4: I'm going to be honest.
1: I mean, he would... Yeah, it, it's it's funny that you actually mentioned that about him bulking up because he either bulks up and then plays linebacker or he just stays as he is and then he's very much a wheel or a safety. So it depends on which way he goes. I mean, Green Bay have got two great safeties, so he'd definitely just fit in as a linebacker there. Whether he'd need to pack on muscle, I don't know. But you don't need to lose that coverage ability, that movability, that fluidity in his movement. So, um, but yeah, he's a good player and he's definitely not going to be out of the third round. But, um, yeah, he's, he's a fit for a lot of people, I feel, especially because you know going back to what Raj said earlier about the uh, the NFL kind of moving forward into being more versatile and kind of where where, uh, where people don't exactly fit into a pigeonhole he's one of these positional positionless players like Isaiah Simmons and uh, I feel I, feel, I feel, oh my god <laughs> I think he fits that mold really nicely <laughs> get my teeth right in Um, But yeah, no, that's that's a really interesting conversation I wanted to bring up about those two guys because kind of in the same position, although not exactly going to be playing in the same position next year. So that kind of brings us to the end of our podcast with our perfect prospect fits. And that I thought I was going to mess up on that one. And again, then with all the P's and the alliteration that's going on there. Really good conversation with you guys. Um, I think I like a lot of the fits that we've kind of talked about. Let's kind of give out some handles and let's kind of point people towards our draft guide. Rob, I'll start with you at the top of my list there
3: uh at nfl brick baller yeah draft guide um listen in a week's time just yeah just yeah about a week's time it's a short month isn't it we're going to be announcing um yeah, pre-sales uh, for that and uh, how to how to get involved with it Trust me, you are gonna want this. This is going to be your favorite tool to use on draft night, leading up to the draft, after the draft. You want to see who your team has drafted, even in the late rounds, third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. You don't know these players. Let's be honest, listeners. You're gonna you're gonna hear uh, some random player on draft night and go, "Who the flipping neck is he?" Uh, and you're gonna go to the draft guide, and it's gonna be there for you. It's gonna be written out, um, scout reports, uh, all for you. Um, yeah, uh, it's gonna be great to to get. But first of all, yeah, yeah Twitter, NFL. Britballer more stuff coming your way uh, as we drip feed you that information
1: yeah definitely and the other kind of aspect of it apart from all the great things that Rob's just talked about is all um, of our kind of work has gone into that to kind of put uh, funds back into the British game as well kind of put in a portion of the proceeds towards uh, the Britball game kind of getting people on ref courses and coaching courses as is the mission here at the full 10 yards to kind of do that and um, so if even if you're not you know, that interest in the draft, you know, chuck in a little bit of money and you put in someone through a coaching course that maybe means that you'll be able to play football on a Saturday or someone else that you know will be because, you know, refs are pretty sparse, I, I gather. And, you know, coaches, we always need to develop uh, people to kind of teach us in this game over here. Kieran, we'll come to you next uh, for your handles, where we can find you, etc. Anything yeah. you got coming up?
5: I am the Himbo F10Y. Chilling, killing, social distancing, whatever you need. Just out here in America having fun, really. Looking for some video content that's gonna be coming up after the upcoming draft guide. But be sure to get your pre-orders in for the draft guide. And uh, if you're lucky enough to live local, I'll even sign you a copy because I am that generous.
1: (laughs) I'm sure they'll be queuing around the block in Cincinnati for that one. Got some nice artwork coming out. I think we were seeing it on Instagram at DuscoverCleat. So for the Kieran's corner. Got some video content coming out there shortly. So, yeah, go over there, follow him there on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Um Andy, what about yourself?
0: i into going to unmute because you have fallen asleep over this to Kieran. <laughs> um, uh, More 21 or Dolphin UK underscore pod. Uh, yeah, like Birmingham City in crisis. Dolphin's Twitter is just weird and mentally rage will attest to. Uh, and a quick shout out for our co-host Liam because uh, I'm I'm going back through your um your threads on Twitter mate. I'm enjoying them a lot. So uh, there's your lead in for Liam Lee.
1: Yeah, go for it, Liam, straight away.
4: Bless you, Andy. <laughs> um, yeah, you can follow me at Liam66NFL. You can find uh, all the threads that Andy's just uh, plugged. Um, anything to do with our draft guide, anything uh, full ten yards college, and anything NFL draft as we get closer and closer to one of my favourite parts of the year.
1: Absolutely. Just on those uh, draft threads, what have you been working on recently on your threads?
4: We're going like about two or three at a time now to get out as many as we can per position. So um, I don't even think it's going to be like in any kind of positional order. It's just guys as I scout them. So I think recently we put up a few quarterbacks because we recently did the quarterbacks. Um podcast episode so they were all fresh in my mind um i've been doing linebackers and offensive tackles for the scouting guide so they're probably going to be a few names coming up next but all positions are going to be covered and i've not got a number in my head but all positions are going to be covered over time
1: awesome yeah so go over it i uh... At Liam66, um, no, sorry, I've just absolutely got that wrong, haven't I? <laughs> I should
4: listen to you every now and then. <laughs> at Liam66, NFL.
1: Sorry, I, I knew I'd missed something. But since I said it, I was like, I'm missing something there. Um, yeah, go over there, look at his threads, uh, tell him you know what you think about them. As Andy said, they're all brilliant. So uh, yeah, give him some love over there. And last but not least, out of my co-host, Raj, tell us where we can find you, all the new fans that have heard you speak, all this wisdom tonight.
2: So I'm on Twitter at the underscore Garch. Um, it is mainly dolphins and Man United, um, but uh, obviously with draft season coming up and uh, free agency coming up, it's it's, it's mainly uh, NFL and it just um, yeah I I mainly retweet rather than post stuff because I I just um, takes a lot of energy to to. to Something into 140 characters, but um, but yeah, no, it's uh, that's where you'll find me. Uh, there will be obviously a lot more draft content on there. Um, and yeah, looking forward to obviously uh, getting, getting the message out um, with the hardware that's gone to this year's draft guide. And uh, yeah, and it's a great cause as well to help football grow in this country. And um, hopefully, we get something like the international series coming next year, and it'll be a great opportunity for us to to expand expand this team and um and expand our brand so yeah really looking forward to it and uh, yeah as i said at the underscore garch
1: absolutely i completely agree and as i said great to have you on board great debut podcast from yourself go on mate yeah, I'm just going to just throw one more
3: thing in there. I've just thought this on the fly. God. We're going com- to have a competition for a draft guide at some mm-hmm. point because I want to see Kieran Patterson's handwritten signature on that guide. So we're going to have a competition and it's going to be signed by Kieran Patterson himself. And, and yeah, that'd be great. And I'm looking forward, Raj, to having a report on your, your your lovely shoes that you've got over your right shoulder there. The stilettos, mate, they look fantastic. They're yours.
2: <laughs> uh unfortunately no they're not mine so uh yeah um we've only got one home office so this is my wife's and uh yeah she's already gone to bed so uh, i thought i'll nick her room so next time i'll I'll change the camera so it's sort of <laughs> no i
3: think it's
2: not looking at all that all, all that money i've spent at last <laughs> christmas so... <laughs>
1: No, you're all good. What's we'll to, we'll to think about that? The logistics of Kieran signing that and then reposting it over the Atlantic for someone to to get that. But uh, yeah, we'll I'm, work on it. I'm not gonna lie, I'm just gonna forge it. But yeah, we'll go. <laughs>
5: uh, I'll squirt perfume on it and add a little uh, lipstick kiss for anyone who wants it.
1: Oh, la, la, okay. We're not trying to put the people off. We're trying to get people to buy it, mate. Right?
5: Jesus.
1: <laughs> anyway, let's move swiftly on. Um, my handle at Wakefield90. You can also find me at Full Ten yards CFB because I'm usually behind that. Like I say, all draft content coming up. And um, yeah, like I say, we're drip feeding, as Rob said, to the deets of the draft guide that will be coming up in the next few weeks. And like I say, keep your eyes peeled for that. Pre-orders will be out very, very soon. And uh, yeah, draft season will be upon us uh, before we even know it, I guess, won't it? So thanks for listening. We've got a mock draft, as I said, coming up next week, all six of us, um, before we kind of move into back into the scouting stuff for the next few weeks after that and and all the way to the draft. So yeah, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, Full10Yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at Full10YardsCFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.